0: Morning church morning. right it is it is good to have us this morning um, It's good to have the privilege also to be able to share God's word and of course God's people and I've often said this that it's I always find it it's a privilege um, as well as a responsibility that cannot be taken lightly when I also don't take for granted every opportunity that I have to share God's word with God's people. Um, I shared this once with, um, I think a couple of times maybe with the leadership, um, that early on in my Christian you know life, when I became a Christian, I had the opportunity to begin to speak to people in meetings, that um, one of the first scriptures I, got, you know, I came across was in the, in the Epistle of John, where um, where he said that the, those who have responsibility of teaching God's word will actually be judged with a stricter judgment than you know than than the rest of the church, and 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 somehow that that instilled um, a righteous sort of reverence for God's word um, from from that moment onwards. And so, so whenever I, I approach God's word, whether, I, whether it's for um, my personal benefit or in, as way of prophecy to someone else or as way of teaching to the church or to an assembly of, of Christians, I always come from a position of reverence, recognizing that every word that we speak instead of God is that we're going to be accountable to God for it. Um, and that's very important. That has always been very important. To me, and it's with that reverence that I also come this morning as I represent, um, as I present to you God's word, and you know, in, 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 in line with the series that we have been having over the past um, three, and this is the fourth week now. I'd like to share a word of prayer before we go on, if that's all right. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Okay um yeah so we're just going to share a word of prayer um if you if you've if you've heard me you know I'm sure more people here have you know I've, I've spoken to more people here than people who are not here but you have got to realize that I I don't take it very seriously in the sense of myself um so what that means is I I will ask you to be a bit interactive with my with me I'll ask you questions and I'll like you to respond um, I like our our services, and and you know when when it's me here, I'm not saying you do that when it's Tony or when it's Nathan, um, but when when it's me here, feel free to to interact with me. You, you get because I want to I want to feel your your feedback. I want to hear from you. I want to know where you are at, and I want us to be dynamic with 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 our message this morning. Do you get that? You you do get it. Good. So let's just share a word of prayer. Father, we just want to thank you this morning again for um, uh, this opportunity to be in your presence. We give you praise because we, recog- as we recognize you as as a possessor of heaven and earth, we we thank you because our gathering is not is not born out of the design of man, but it's born out of of heaven's design and heaven's purpose. We do recognize this morning that you've gathered us so that you can fill us with your word. And Lord, I I I also am happy this morning because I do not reckon myself as a man of eloquence or or one that has a, a great deal of preparation in his heart. So I I I want to yield to you this morning so that you can do the things that you've designed to do before the foundation of the earth was laid, that which is in your heart for your people. I know, Lord, that you know every single person here more than I do, more than they know themselves. So, Lord, would you speak into the heart of each and every one here? Would you bring your message that is strong and, and, and powerful to, to come into our lives? The Bible says that, that to those that received him, he gave the power to become the sons of God. Lord, I pray that we receive your word that makes it simple to have understanding. I pray that we receive your word this morning that shines light in our dark places. I pray that we receive your word today that turns wounds into scars that glorify your work in our lives and that shows our victory over circumstances that wanted to bring us and keep us down. Lord, I pray that your word comes with such power that we become representatives of God, of his power, of his sovereignty, of his of his beauty in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Um, So in the past couple of weeks, like Nathan said, um, who enjoyed last week's Sunday by the way? You know, if you if you were here, you enjoyed last week's Sunday. You know, for me it was, it was, it was mixed um, um, for obvious reasons. But um, so last week we 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 we, it was awesome, you know Debs, and I want to say thank you again to Debs for that message last week. Galatians five twenty two um, is a scripture that you know we we have been on over the course of these couple of weeks. Um, we've had Nathan speak to us about love as a fruit of the Holy Spirit. Um, Nathan shared concerning the fruit of the Spirit. You know, I wasn't there that Sunday, so I listened to the podcast, and I encourage us, you know, to to make a habit of going back to the messages to listen to the podcast. Um, we recognize our church isn't just a, 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 a one-off activity that happens every Sunday. Church is actually a training school for life. You see, the things that we learn in church are supposed to be things that we apply in life. And I feel that every message that we receive ought to give us a platform to apply them. It has to give us a template that we can use to begin to apply them and find results from them. So Nathan shared with us that um, concerning the fruit of the Spirit, that perhaps it's wise to refrain from operating the gifts of the Spirit if we do not have evident in our lives the fruit of the Spirit. Anybody re- remembers that? Nathan also said that concerning love, that um, you know, as Christians we owe it to ourselves and to the world to redefine the concept of love as God sees it, of course, versus what the world tells us that love is. That was Nathan speaking to us about love. And, and the following week, we, we also had the message on, on joy. And, and again, it was Nathan who spoke to us on joy. And Nathan said to us then that, that joy is, is an emotion. And like every other emotion, um, it's not something that you... That is an emotion. <laughs> you know, like, like every other emotion, it's not, it's not something that you just choose that you want. And, and it just happens. So it's um, so joy is joy is an emotion. It's not something that you you wake up one morning and you decide I'm going to be joyful this morning and you choose to, or or in the in the middle of events happening, you just decide. Well, my response to whatever you say is going to be joy, and it just happens that way. Rather, Nathan said to us that joy is an emotion um, that 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 res, that that, you, that manifests based on the foundation, so that. So, if, if if you if your the foundation of your joy, for instance, is, is in something that 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 is transient, then when that changes, the joy may not be there anymore. But if your the foundation of your joy is on something that is more enduring then it doesn't really matter what changes because there is a foundation of Christ and of his promises that do not change. So when that becomes a foundation of our joy, we have a foundation that is much more enduring. And that was Nathan still speaking on joy. Um, so the difference, therefore, between fleeting joy and enduring and unshakable joy that Scripture speaks about lies in the foundation of such joy. Last week, Debs brought a fantastic message on the peace of God infused within us by the Holy Spirit. She showed us how perspective could be the real difference between peace or strife and a mindset beset with conflict. Indeed, we had a few of us share um, our experiences um, in finding peace through a particularly um, chaotic season of our lives. Today, we'll be looking at, at the fruit of the Spirit, patience. And my message today, I hope, um, is going to be simple. But I do pray, you know, by the Holy Spirit that it, it will be life-changing. Simple, but life-changing. So, I'll thank you for that. So, I'd like us to look, have a look this morning at how, you know, what the Bible says about patience. How we can develop this fruit, um, this spirit-endorsed behavior or character, and finally, I'll I'll like us to ch- I'll like us to challenge I'll like to challenge us to identify areas in our lives where we may need a bit or a lot more of patience in. Now, if you will be patient with me for the next one hour, <laughs> I hope to get the message across. Then. Um, <laughs> Uh, it, it won't be one hour. You know, it won't be one hour. <laughs> I like to start, you know, my message oftentimes with something funny, and um, um, that was funny to some people. And <laughs> for, for the rest of you, I have something I hope will be funny. Um, you know, uh, and and this is um, I'm not sure. So this story is about a pastor. I'm not saying it's Nathan, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's about a pastor who you know, received a letter. So as I'm telling this story, I want you to imagine this. Um, Julie brings a letter to Nathan and says, you've got a letter. Nathan opens the envelope and finds a piece of paper in the, in the envelope. And um, he thought it was an announcement because it was just as he was going to present the announcements uh, you know, and the notices. So he opens it up and he sees a single word on, on, the, on the paper and he says, fool. Fool. You know, um, (laughs) so, and then you're imagining this, right? Right. So Nathan's response was, "Well, I've got a letter here. Um, The 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 sender only signed the letter with his name and wrote nothing else." You know, um, (laughs) and so, and so, (laughs) just like Deb's text to us last week, it's about perspective. You know, someone could choose to respond differently to to this and say, who who, who in this congregation has the audacity to to, to do this? But, you know, his response rather was, well, the person just signed his name and wrote nothing else. Um, So what's patience? What is patience? You see, the world today seems to be on an overdrive. I don't know if anybody has noticed that, that, that the world is like, is, is like on an overdrive. We, we are in constant pursuit of, of convenience, of quicker ways of doing things, of speed, and more speed. I like fast cars, by the way. You see, the, the internet's got to be faster. Um, the meals have to be instant. And human interaction has just to be on the go. And, 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 and I, was, I was, like I said about cars, that's what I... I was looking at this um, electric car, the Tesla, that does not to 60 miles in 2.4 seconds. Not to 60 in 2.4 seconds. And I think they call it ridiculous acceleration. And I like it. (laughs) You know, that feel when you just floor it and you go on the backseat that way and, you know... (laughs) And 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 I like it really. Um, it's not that expensive, Nathan. I'm sure. I'm sure if you know. I'm sure if Nathan, for my birthday coming up in less than a month, um, is on is on first March. By the way, Nathan, if you're thinking about that, you know, I know the Lord can lay things in your heart, and you know. <laughs> but, but but that's the world we live in these days. It's it's there is a, a constant. Drive for speed and more speed and more speed. You know, sitting, sitting down to write a thoughtful letter to someone, you know, will probably soon become a thing like the, you know, the telephone that we used to dial. Anybody remembers that? You know, writing letters, was, you know, anybody remembers the floppy disk as well? great. So, you know, th- those days you know, we used to write letters and I still have letters that I received like 20 years ago. Letters I treasure from friends. You know, and I kept those letters growing up. You know, we were in a fellowship, youth fellowship that we used to write letters to each other. You know, if you're in school and you're away from home, you know, people gather on the Saturday when we have fellowship and we say, oh, let's write to people in school. And so we write to people in school, send a letter to them and and, and it was awesome when you receive letters from your friends. You sit down and make time and begin to read them and, and you, you Share their experiences, they share their own experiences with, with you, and, and you write back. And there were a lot of thoughts that went into those times, you know, and, and we bonded s- so strongly through those letters. But, you know, these days it's, it's more of the WhatsApp and the, and, and the Facebook and the Snapchat, and that's the thing now. And, and, you know, we've got to catch up with speed, or else I won't be speaking the same language with my daughters, you know, and, and, and I have to speak the same language with them at some point. Um, one of I remember one of the first, the things about getting married when I did was that I, I said I would like to grow up with my children, um, and it's, 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 it's a fantastic thing to be able to do that so that through the stages of their development you are you are connected with them you can relate to the things that they relate with you know to and so on and sometimes I have to put effort into these things because you know it, it's you know sometimes it's work. Um, yeah, sometimes it is work. I hear words, for instance, you know that I need to ask them, what exactly does that mean?" Um, and they have to explain to me in the language I understand. For some of us, you know, um, like I said, the world is in overdrive. But what baffles me, however, is is that with all the speed we've acquired, we still seem to have less time, every time. Anybody notice that it's just not enough. Everything is on speed, yet we don't have a lot of time to spare. We still seem to have less and less of it. If we get to Galatians 5 17, verse 24, that's the key scripture we're going to be reading this morning. So if you've got your, scripture, or your Bible, you know, whether it's in electronic form or the hard copy, I'd like you to, to get to Galatians chapter 5. And we're going to read Galatians chapter 5. It's good to read the Bible in church, because sometimes that's the only place we may get to read them. Is that true? It's for someone. Say amen. <laughs> um, you see, and I'm going to get to this at some point. The, the purpose of, you know, when we say read the Bible and God wanting us to read the scripture, it's not for you to feel guilty when you don't. It's for you to feel hungry when you don't. It's not the same. Um, it's not the same. So Galatians chapter 5, um, and I'm going to quickly read this. Galatians chapter 5, I'll read from verse 17, and I'll stop at verse 24. So for the spirit desires what is contrary to, for the flesh desires what is contrary to the spirit, and the spirit what is contrary to the flesh. They are in conflict with one another, so that, So that you are not able to do whatever you want. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. This was Paul writing um, to the Galatians' church. The acts of the flesh are obvious. They are sexual immorality, impurity, debauchery, idolatry, and witchcraft, and hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, fractions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. And I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Verse 22, where we take out, you know, this fruit of the Spirit, says this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, it's joy, it's peace. And some translations say forbearance, patience. Some say long-suffering. I don't like that one. I prefer patience, you know. I prefer Forbearance, long suffering. You know, but the truth is that the human inclinations is is contrary to what the spirit desires. The natural desires that we have as people is, is, is in constant opposition to what the Spirit of God wants and what the Spirit of God regenerates our spirit and begins to condition us to want. So that you do not do the things that you wish. Now I say it here that patience is the ability to wait or to continue to do something in the face of obstacle, delay, problems or sufferings. Well, you can actually delay, you know, d- define patience in various ways because I began to define patience again, not just what you, know, you could put together in terms of words. You know, patience is the ability to wait, yes, it, it, you know, or continue to do something in the face of obstacles, delay, problems, or suffering. But I also like to define patience as, as a bridge between the promises of God and the manifestation of those promises, Patience is not just about a period of doing nothing. It actually isn't a period of doing nothing. Patience is about wait. And wait is not just about doing nothing. It's, it's, it's an active sort of waiting where you are, you are busy doing something. Patience is not just about what you do while you're waiting for the promises of God to be manifest. It's also about how you do the waiting. So we said that patience also is is about is a bridge between the promises of God, the vision that you've received from God, and the manifestation of those promises. So in between, I've received the vision from God. In between, I am believing God for a financial breakthrough. In between, I am believing God to heal me of an infirmity or of a disease. In between, I'm believing God for a promotion at work. In between, I am believing God for for a development of character or dropping a character. In between, I am believing God for the salvation of a family member or a friend. What am I doing from the point I'm believing on God's word. I've received the promise of God. I am exercising faith upon that promise and I am praying for it. But in between that point and when I see the actual realization of the things I'm believing God for, what am I doing? That defines a man or a person of patience. Is it possible, you know, that we've lost the art of waiting? Or giving something time to produce so that its full capacity is is seen. One of the things I'd like us to also have a look at is the attributes of patience. I've tried to define patience, and I said to you that you know whichever decision you know def- definition of patience that 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 strikes the chord with you, whether it's is the definition I gave about about you know the first definition I, I gave about patience, whether I said it's it's um. It's about what you do while you're waiting or if it's the bridge between the promise and your breakthrough. Um, I also put down in my notes, you know, at some point that this was actually this morning while I was in the car, that patience is a strategy in spiritual warfare. That patience is a strategy in spiritual warfare. Sometimes all you need to do is to wait, pray, and watch. For those who you know you, you find yourself in a situation where it's as though you are the, the, the opposition against you is massive and, and you find yourself, you know, I, I'm careful to use this, wo- this word, warring uh, or spiritual warfare because it's a word that sometimes, or a phrase that sometimes we've we've stretched a bit too far in the church, knowing that we already have victory through Christ um, and, and something I'm careful about but the truth is that there are, the Bible says it clearly, there are spiritual wickedness that we have to put under submission and if you find yourself in a situation, sometimes you've prayed, you've done all that lies in your hand to do, it's about time to begin to exercise patience. Patience is also a strategy in spiritual warfare, as it is in conventional warfare. There are times when you just need to, you know, you set set your battle strategy. All you need to do is wait for the enemy to walk into the trap. The Bible says this in the Psalms. It says that they spread a net for me but they've fallen into that very net that they spread for me. You did nothing whatsoever about it. And, 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 and so that's also another dimension of patience. Proverbs 14 verse 29 says this, whoever is patient has great understanding. Proverbs 14 verse 29, the patient person is a person of understanding. A patient man or a patient, a patient woman is a person of understanding. Of great understanding, the Bible says. How do I know this? How do I see this in my, you know, in our real world every day? Anybody knows the waiting time for NHS now. You know, if you go into the A um, and E, anybody knows the waiting time now. Who's been to A and E recently? Well, <laughs> <laughs> it won't get to that in Jesus' name. Um... So, what was the wait- one hour—that was a good experience. Four hours—that's that's that's more like it. You know, um, so about three weeks ago, I had to take Nikki to A and E over, you know, in, at night. Eventually, it turned out she had what they called acid reflux, but she was in, in, in terrible pain. You know, we had no idea what it was, so we went to A and E, um, and it was hard you know seeing watching her begin to cry because we've waited for like 4 hours and you know we've not been seen and it wasn't you know but but the understanding there was we saw children babies come we see that the NHS is being used by more people today than ever before a person of understanding is you know is a person of patience is of great understanding we, we, we understand that the doctors are doing the best they can. It's not their fault. Um, it's not to exempt or to exonerate that something is wrong that needs to be dealt with. But it helped our peace of mind. It helped us get through the process by having a sense of understanding that, I mean, these guys are doing the best they can under the circumstance. So we're not going to take it out on the doctor when we get in to say, we've been there five hours. I can't, I can't figure out what you guys have been doing for the past five hours. I'm sure they were doing their best. Whoever is patient has great understanding. Proverbs 16.32 says this, Better a person, a patient person than a warrior. Better a patient person than a warrior. Romans 12.12 12 says this, Be joyful in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be faithful in prayer. I also like to say that patience is a character of God. In Matthew 18, verse 21, Jesus tells us a story there. And as a story of um, a servant, Jesus starts by saying that the kingdom of God, this is Matthew eighteen twenty-one to 35. Jesus begins that story by telling that, saying that the kingdom of heaven is like a master who had a servant. The servant was owing the master a lot of money. And the master wanted to balance his books. So he calls his servants and says, well, you're owing me. And I'm going, to, I'm going to put you in jail until you're able to pay me everything you're owing. And the servant goes down on his knees and begs the master and says, please, give me time. I'll pay back. And the master says, all right, I'm going to forgive you your debt. Just go, 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 go. Just go do your job. I'll, you don't owe me anymore. And the guy left. But no sooner had he left, he met another servant who was owing him a little and he, he, he bundles that servant and throws him in jail and says, you're going to stay there until you pay me everything you owe me. And um, the servant actually asks him, he says, please, give me, give me time. Be patient with me and I'll pay you back. You see, when the master heard about this thing that the servant did, the Bible says that the master was very angry with him. And in his anger, he actually put him into jail, you know, into prison to, to stay there you know, for, for however long it took for him to pay back what he was owing. God has been patient with us. God continues to be patient with us. God's expectation is that we become as he is. Indeed, the truth about it is that our whole experience is one that should make us more like God is. In the experience of Christianity that we do, if your Christianity is not producing more of God in your life, you're not making progress as a Christian. That is the truth. That is a reality. If our Christianity is not, is not producing more of Christ, if I cannot look at myself and make an assessment of myself, who I was five years ago versus who I am today, and if I am not able to see more of Christ being formed in my life, I am not making progress. It is time to meet, for me to sit down, reassess my life, and ask myself questions. What is going wrong? Why is it that I am not producing more of, of Christ? Why am I not becoming more Christ-like uh, than, than I, I have been before? It is a journey. The Bible says I should go from glory to glory. I read about a story, you know, about... Uh, uh, um, uh, uh, um, I think it was a goldsmith you know who was polishing um, an artifact of gold that he's just made. And, and the son asks him, you know, how do you know when this thing is, is, is shining enough? How do you know when it is good enough to put on, this, on the display shelf? And he says, when I can see my image reflect on the piece of gold that I'm working on, then it is ready for the shelf. And, and it's just like that with us and God. What God's ultimate is, is that he looks on us or the world looks at us and see the reflection of God, like that reflection on, the, on a piece of, of, of gold artifact that is being produced. We are the moon, God is a star, and God is the sun. And we need to realize that the moon will always reflect the light of the sun. We ought to be people that reflect the light of God. Patience is a character of God. God wants to see us reflect patience. I put here that when we recognize and acknowledge how patient God has been to us, and indeed continues to be towards us, we will appreciate that as children of God made in his image, called to, be, to, to grow into his likeness, that patience is in the DNA of our regenerated spirits. When we gave our lives to Jesus Christ and asked him to become Lord and, and Savior of our lives, what actually happened is there is a regeneration of our human spirit. That regeneration actually... Um, I like to break words down, you know, and uh, I'm I'm a simple guy, as you can see, and when I break down words, it makes it easier for me to understand, and I was looking at regeneration, and I'll look it up in the dictionary, of course, but then I'll I'll split the words, and for me, one of the things, it's, you know, one of, you see that there is a word gene in regeneration, G-E-N-E, gene, and gene, we understand, is the basic blocks that you know characters are, are derived from so it's it's about our genetic makeup and and as human beings physically we have genetic makeups that that define our character that make that defines if i'm short or tall or both or if i'm you know if i, I speak like in a weird way like i do or if i you know frown like dave is doing now it, it kind of defines where where i'm going to have white hair or black hair it's all in the genetic makeup right dave yeah good so it's, but as spiritual beings, it's also like that. We, th- there is a spiritual makeup that we have encoded in our genes. When we gave our lives to Christ, there is a regeneration that happens. And part of what happens is that the codings of God's of God's nature is is put inside of us. And all we need to do is allow the Holy Spirit to begin to give expression to these things. Um, time will fail me to go into the biologies of gene, but the truth is that these things are parallel in the sense that they, they mirror one another. Jesus oftentimes said to, to the disciples and to the people he spoke with, you understand, the na- you understand nature and when it's about to rain, as the clouds begin to gather. And he said to them, how come you don't understand that spiritual things are also can be understood from the natural things? How come you don't understand these things? And it is true, Nathan. It is true. James chapter 1, verse um, 2 to 4 says this, my brethren, count it all joy when you fall into diverse trials, knowing that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work, that you may be perfect, that you may be complete, that you may lack nothing. Patience matures us Christians. Patience will mature you as a Christian. Like fine wine, patience is a a thing that brings out the best of you, the quality, the value that you have. It increases your net worth as a spiritual entity. Patience ripens you like a fruit. And as you grow in faith as a Christian, patience is what adds value to you. The Bible says it perfects you. It kind of makes you vintage, you know. Um, um, So... Like I said, the message's got to be simple. But here's where I want to, I want to dwell for a while. How do I become more patient? How, how do I, how do I become, if I find out, you know, if, if I say to you all the value, if I tell you today all the values of patience and how God expects us to be patient people and and all of that, and if I can't tell you how, you can actually see these things come and become evident in your life. I haven't given you that template to work on. I haven't given you that roadmap that you can follow and get to the destination that we want you to get to, that we all want to get to. So what I'm going to do in the next maximum 10 minutes, if you're patient enough with me, will be to show you a how from the scriptures that you can get to where we need to get to this morning. Is that all right? Shall we do that? Let's get there then. So, the scripture there is here in John 15 verse 5. And of course, where we've read in Galatians 5. John 15 verse 5 says this, I am the vine, you are the branches. This was Jesus speaking. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. It says, apart from me, you can do nothing. Apart from me, you can do nothing. I'd like you to say that. Awesome. awesome. You are a great church. You are the best congregation um, I've spoken to today. <laughs> yes. I need you to beat your own record, actually. So, let's go through that again. You're going to repeat after me, okay? I am the vine. You are, you are the branches. If you remain in me, remain in me. and I in you, in you, you will bear much fruit. Bear much fruit. Apart, from me, Apart from me, you can do nothing. You can do Good, you've just broken your own record. I'm gonna clap for you. <laughs> I am burnt. Praise God. Now, when you make Jesus the Lord and personal Savior of our life, like I said, the Holy Spirit comes and lives within us. I've heard people say this before, and I've actually read a book, and I, I, I know the intentions of that book was, was genuine. You know, I mean, you, probably if you've stayed in Christianity for a while, you might have heard this, this phrase, the prize for the Holy Spirit. You hear about people paying a price for the Holy Spirit. You know, people, and, and perhaps some people refer to the things or spiritual exercise that they do or some disciplines that they do to pay the price for the Holy Spirit. Can I say to you that there is no biblical scripture. There's no scripture. There is, no, there is nothing in scripture that I've seen personally to support this. But then I give in that I'm still growing and I am still learning And I am still um, growing, you know, getting to know the Lord more. But till today, I have never seen any scripture that supports this. That you can pay a price for the Holy Spirit. If indeed there is any price that can be paid for the Holy Spirit, it was paid over 2,000 years ago on a cross called, and on a hill called Calvary, where the Savior of mankind was crucified and he died and he rose again. And that death and resurrection and by the shed blood was a prize that ushered in the dispensation of the Holy Spirit. There is no other prize that remains to be paid for the Holy Spirit to live in us. So everyone that becomes born again, that receives Jesus into their lives, receives the Holy Spirit. The Bible puts it this way, it says that we've become the ark or the temple of the Holy Spirit. And so I one thing I need to establish is that on our own we cannot bear these fruits. The Bible clearly states in Galatians that these are the fruits of the Spirit. These are the fruits of the Spirit. It is not the fruit of, of, of Sam, it's not the fruit of Nathan, it's not a human fruit, it's not birthed out of human design, it is the fruit of of the Spirit. It is a Spirit living in us that gives birth or produces these fruits that we've spoken about. And every single one of us here today that has made the decision for Jesus to be their Lord and Savior and has the Holy Spirit into their lives has the capacity to bear fruit because it is a Spirit that bears these fruits. So I ask the question then, why is it that for some people you have these fruits manifest in their lives and for some it isn't there? Can I say that when Jesus comes into your life, what you've established is a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And every one of us here today has a relationship with the Holy Spirit. If you've given your life to him, if he's the Lord and Savior of your life, you've got that relationship. You don't need to pay any other price to have it. Jesus paid the price. The Bible puts it this way. It says he gives his spirit freely. Freely he gives his spirit. So what's the, the question now remains, how come if all of us have the spirit, how come some of us will say I am thin on patience or I, I, I'm struggling to love people like God does or, or I, I just don't have that peace within me. How come these things are manifest in some and not manifest in others? You see, here's where i like to tell us there is a difference between relationship and fellowship. You see, I can be married, and I'll use this analogy, um, I can be married, and that's a relationship with, with my wife. The relationship is defined by marriage. But it's a different thing to have fellowship and intimacy. You see, for, for a season... Nikki, uh, Nikki was living in the UK, I was living in Nigeria, and that happened for about, about a year, we lived apart. Um, that was early, early on in our marriage. Um, she was living in the UK, I was living in Nigeria. I had a job, I didn't want to leave. And Pearl came along the way, and I was watching my daughter grow up with you know over Skype. Um, and I, it got to some point, I felt it wasn't an ideal situation, especially for a new marriage, you know, that we lived apart. So the, the reality about it is that there was a relationship. Fellowship wasn't as it ought to be. So one of the things we found out was, I, I led a very busy life as well at the time. So left home at work by 6.15, got home by 10. So even the Skype thing was, wasn't really working because of time and all that. So, um, but it got to that point where we had to say, right, the relationship, there's no problem with that. We've got to work on the fellowship on the intimacy. And intimacy with the Holy Spirit is what produces the fruit of the Spirit. Intimacy, I'm going to say that again, intimacy with the Holy Spirit is what produces the fruit of the Spirit. Everyone here is an adult and I can say this that, you know, Zitel who is our second child didn't come until I came to the UK. You know what that means, right? So relationship alone does not produce fruit. We could, have been, we could have been husband and wife for, and we were for one year, and there was no fruit, apart from the one we had. I came in in May, and by June, um, you know, there was, the doctor said that Zita was gonna come, May, June. Yeah, I'll leave you to do the maths. But the, the thing there was there was what changed the dynamics? Intimacy. So you want to bear fruit with the Holy Spirit, you need to service the intimacy of your relationship or your fellowship with the Holy Spirit. You need to become someone that pursues the Holy Spirit, wants to, has a hunger for the, that's why I said earlier on that it's, it's not, when you don't read your Bible or you don't pray, it's not about, you don't need to become guilty, you don't need to feel a sense of guilt about it, feel a hunger, miss the Holy Spirit. I miss, you know, if you, if, for, for, for guys mostly, I don't know if you know how it is for every other guy here, but you know, for, for some of us, I know, and this might be true for some guys here, yeah. You, you know, if you, if you, you spend every day with, with your family and one of the days you have to travel for like two, three days, the first day you're like, you know, it's, it's more like there's this sense of freedom that, that there's no kids around, there's no Nikki around, and it's just me, you know, what do I do with my freedom? I've, I, I'm just free right now. Uh, but it doesn't often last past the first day. You know, By the second day and the third day, you begin to miss them. You don't feel guilty that you had to go away. You've missed them. And when we develop intimacy with the Holy Spirit, we begin to miss him. We begin to miss the fellowship that we have. We begin to miss the communion that we have with him. We begin to miss, miss the, 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 the comfort that he brings to us, how he speaks to us. It, begins, it becomes something that we, we crave for, we want to get back to, we want to get more of it. And that is what it ought to be. And can I say to you, that is what produces the fruit of the Spirit. Whether it is love, I say to you this morning, whether it is joy, whether it is peace, or if it's patience, or if any of the, spirits, or of the fruits of the Spirit I will be talking about, the path to achieving this is an intimacy with the Holy Spirit. How can I be intimate with the Holy Spirit? Speak to Him. Recognize he is a person. Recognize he's got emotions, and and he wants to speak with you. I found out, you know, as you begin this journey, that the more you speak with the Holy Spirit, the more you don't say things that you regret you said. The more you don't do things that you wish you didn't do. Because these fruits become. Uh, um, um, it becomes it becomes a, a natural expression of of the work of the Spirit in you. You don't struggle to produce these things. It becomes a natural consequence of a relationship that is serviced by fellowship and intimacy. I'm going to be rounding off now. Um, thank you for being very patient with me this morning. <laughs> you know, um, but the Holy Spirit is is all that i put it this way again, that the Holy Spirit is a custodian of, of heaven's wealth. And anything that you need from heaven, you assess from the Holy Spirit. Time will fail me to, to talk about, the, you know, there's a scripture in Genesis 24, where the Bible tells a story about Abraham, of Isaac, and of, of an unnamed servant, who, who was the one that was sent to go and get a wife for Isaac. And the Bible says that that unnamed servant was, was a custodian of Abraham's wealth. He was the one that was in charge of all the wealth of Abraham. Not even Isaac. And when we look at, in the sense of heaven, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, we find out not even Jesus is a custodian of heaven's wealth, but the Holy Spirit. And to the man that cultivates this this intimate relationship with the Holy Spirit that is enduring, that is serviced every time, is the one that has access to the wealth of heaven. Whether it's in the fruit of the Spirit or the things that will make your life. Better than it is today, or the one that will, let, you know, that, that will take your ministry to the next level. It is all in the hands of this 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 person, the Holy Spirit. Thank you. Before I round, I've finished the message, but I, I like to pray with us before I, I give the mic over to Nathan. And um, this is a prayer I like to pray. The Holy Spirit is all that we need to get there. If you if you are here this morning and and it's necessary that i do this because if if this message is going to is going is going to make significant impact in your life that like i like i pray to the lord that it's simple but let it be let it be life changing let it be life defining the first thing is to receive the holy spirit into your life and you cannot do this except you, you receive Jesus. The presence of the Holy Spirit represents Jesus. And if you are here today and you've not at any point in your life made Jesus the Lord and Savior of your life, can I say to you that that is the first step into the household of God. That is the first step into, into, into receiving this Holy Spirit whose intimacy will begin to produce fruit in our lives. And if you're here today and you want to say yes to Jesus, you want to start this journey for the first time in your life with the Holy Spirit, I'd like to pray for you, and I'd like to pray with you. That's the first set. The second set of persons I'd like to pray for is if you've not been filled with the Holy Spirit before. And when I say filled with the Holy Spirit, I mean if you've not had the Holy Spirit be